Space. I am Kim Crawl. I am reporting to you not live outside of my closet. I think uh, Oliver, who is one of my listeners, one of you guys, one of you guys, one of my, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. He gave me that because uh, I struggle with it every week. And he was like, you could just say outside of your closet instead of inside. And I was like, Pow. so thank you for that, Oliver. I really appreciate that. I think that was you. I'm I'm now recording and I, I should probably look things up before I hop on and hit record. Hi. Oh, man. Thanks for your patience uh, for this week. Um, it's this week now. Uh, it's only Thursday, but I am trying to get on a schedule to get, I say this every week, to get uh, early access out to my the Patreon, my Patreon subscribers. And I think Thursday or Friday, I think Friday is the day. I don't know. I haven't decided, but I think I like I uh, does everybody else have this or is this part of my brain thing where I have a hard time making simple decisions where I'm like, just make the choice and then just stick with the choice. I randomly pick Wednesdays uh, three years ago and I've stuck with Wednesdays. Um, uh, yeah, I, that, I think I think it was Steve Jobs who said that that's why you wore the same thing every day, because he wanted to eliminate that sort of that that like not important choice from his brain. Um, and I have been wearing the same 7-Eleven shirt for the last five days because every time I look into, well, I've also been sick, but every time I look into changing, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to be home recording. Um, and then I get overwhelmed and I put on the shirt anyway because I'm like, I don't want to decide. Uh, but so it is the day after regular crawl space day, but yesterday I just, I couldn't record this week. And um, I... I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well, you're going to release the early access of, you know, a few days from the records. I, I don't know. So I have OCD and I know a lot of people say that, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, I'm so OCD. No, you're not OCD if you, so like I, my crawl space release dates, I think that's why if I start doing the like Patreon on a certain date, my brain will be like locked in. It has to do it. Otherwise I can't do it. Right. So every Wednesday for three years, most Wednesdays, you know, I have COVID and deaths and things like that over the last couple of years where I've canceled an episode. But the reason why I don't just like put it out late is because on my side, it's all perfectly in increments of seven. Even if it's like 14 or 21, like, cause I missed a couple of weeks, you know, when I had COVID really bad and, but it's still like in increments of seven and I can't explain to you unless you have obsessive compulsive disorder, I can't explain to you how much my brain has convinced me that, that everything will go kerplooey if I, if I step out of that seven. And I understand my, my OCD gets worse when I'm, stressed out or I'm overwhelmed or I haven't worked through some trauma. Like it gets really bad because it's like the only thing I can control in my brain are these little weird, you know, idiosyncrasies. Um, but that's why it's always Wednesday, but I'm trying to just make a decision on when did I think Friday I haven't decided I'm going to have to sit down and draw a map and decide what I want. Uh, but hi everyone. Hi, thank you for your patience. I, uh, so weird. So football Sunday, which I'm going to pretend, pretend, uh, the first week just didn't happen because just a lot of weird bullshit things happened that I would just prefer like the Raiders are number one in the AFC West West. And that's gross. Um, I do love a few Raider fans. Uh, I, I owe one of them a couple of lunches from like two seasons ago. He's just never in town and our schedules never mix, mess up. But 
Now, every time we play the Raiders, he's like, you want to make another bet? I'm like, no, I already owe you two lunches that I haven't paid you back in. But we, whatever. He's like in Oakland right now. So whatever. But, but yeah, the Raiders, I don't, I don't like the rate. I, I pretty much would be okay with anybody on top besides the Raiders. Uh, it's funny. I went to, um, elbow room after the football game and, uh, I, I, I made some enemies. Um, well, I, you know. I stand by my actions. So football Sunday, I'll get to the sixth day, and I'll tell you about football Sunday. So football Sunday, and then, you know, I, I got home at like 10. I took home a 27-year-old. We'll get to that. But I, I, I got home at like 10, but then the 27-year-old and I stayed up a lot of the night and then got up at like 8 a.m. because I had work to do and he had to go, right? And so 27, guys, I don't think... There's another 27. I think he's like 28 or 27. And I haven't heard from him all week. So maybe he's moved on. But I'm like, I don't, I can't date someone in their 20s. Even though this, this kid, see this kid, this guy from Football Sunday was very, very sweet. And very sweet. Uh, but so I got up. I did my work on Monday. The guy left. I did my work on Monday. But I didn't have much to do. And my plan I'd planned out Monday to be like a rest day. And I usually do that during football season because I Mondays are usually dead for bartending, comedy, all that stuff. So I I usually plan to just have that as like my rest lazy Sunday or whatever, right? And so I I did that. I, you know, I watched the movies, I slept, I and then I ordered this chicken sandwich. And I've ordered this chicken sandwich a few times from this place, and it's it's always really good, but it's always questionable how much it's cooked. But nothing's ever happened, so I'm always like, maybe it's just in my head, right? Because it's very good, but I'm like, is this, I don't know, I've, raw chicken is the only raw meat, well, this really went off the rails, but the only raw meat that I have never tried and will never try, because I hear it gets you just, like, violently ill, right? So I have no idea, but I ate it, it was fine, it tasted okay, but... It's always, you know, I, anytime you order chicken, that's not like, well done. I had this gone up. But anyway, in my head, I was like, is this? No, it tastes fine. I'm probably just making it up. Right. So I don't think much of it. I go to sleep early that night and, you know, I have work all week. And so I woke up early on Tuesday to move my car and I came back from moving my car, which only takes, you know, so I was awake for like 15 minutes and then I just couldn't stop pooping. I just was like, like out of nowhere, stomach hurt and just couldn't stop pooping. I was like wild. So that was like, you know, 30 minutes and I, I get done and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, all right, well, I don't technically have to do any work today. I could just cram it at all in tomorrow. So I'm going to, I'm just going to take a nap. So then I slept till like noon and then I woke up and then I couldn't stop pooping again. And then I was like, whoa. And then I went to the couch and I was like, whoa, I feel really sick. And then I started throwing up. So, of course, you think it must be food poisoning. And it, I was probably right about the chicken. And maybe that's something you always, you know, ask yourself. But I was, like, tired and hungover. And I was just like, I just want to eat this chicken sandwich. Why does, it ha why does it always have to be a thing? Plus, you just ordered it, so it's expensive, whatever. So I'm, like, I'm like kind of annoyed. But so I just chalk it up as food poisoning. And then later that night, I tried to eat something. And then I immediately throw that up. And, uh, and then my stomach hurts so bad. And, like, like like sharp pain every like like contractions almost oh man so I gave up on eating on Tuesday I was like I can't eat on Tuesday but I had so much work to do on Wednesday that I was gonna do all day Tuesday that I also had to do Wednesday so I woke up on Wednesday and I still felt sick and I so I had this meeting 
And I emailed my boss and was like, hey, and I had work to do before and after the meeting. I was like, hey, do you mind if I do the work after both works after the meeting? I, I've had food poisoning. I just I'm just a little off. And she was like, of course, obviously. So I don't know. I, this is me trying to work it out with you. And like, what the fuck was this? So I'm sitting on the meeting and um, sitting on the meeting. It's so sad. One of the one of the women in the meeting teaches at UNC in uh, Chapel Hill. Not, I know I have I feel like I have to clarify that because I went to UNC in Greeley, but she she teaches in the cool one. And there was an active shooter like she gets on the meeting and she goes, everything's fine now. But she's like, there was I mean, they contained it. There were no casualties. But like this, she goes, this literally happened less than two, like a little over two weeks ago. It's just poor and just she was just like I just feel so shaky and overwhelmed like she's like I had to like hide and you have to stay away from windows it's just a whole like oh but on that meet that's just the sidebar that uh this this the country is horrible um and so I don't know how people I will get to also football I I I, I walked three pr four proud boys from elbow room whoopsie I don't feel bad uh so I'm on this meeting and I'm like, I feel so lightheaded. Like I feel really lightheaded and I'm watching my complexion and it's going in and out of being really white to really red, really white and really red. And I'm like, which is embarrassing because it looks like I'm really embarrassed every few minutes because <laughs> I look like I'm blushing, but I'm like, oh man. So I get off the meeting and I get my work done. Thank God. But I was like, I and I'm thank God it's like at home behind a computer so I could kind of like lay down on my couch while doing it. And so I I was just like, I don't think I can do a crawl space today because my plan was to do it on Tuesday and I couldn't do it Tuesday. And then yesterday I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, do two. And I just couldn't do it. And so here we are. So I don't know. I feel OK today. I feel a little weak, a little nauseous still. I just ate some raw zucchini. I also don't know what you're supposed to eat relatively healthy at home, you know, even like my sweet treats are like sweet treats. Jesus. I don't know. This went off the rails, uh, are like not unhealthy, you know, I don't know. So I don't know what's wrong, but I don't feel great. Um, I'm really cold, but I know if I turn off my air, it'll get really, really hot in here. So I just, I'm a mess. Um, but thank you for your patience with all that. It's a football Sunday. Um, so football Sunday, well, you know, if you're a football fan, you know, the Broncos lost by like one point. We, we got rid of our kicker McManus last year and everyone is like pretty stoked about that. And I'm not, I love McManus. I think he's one of the best kickers in the league. We got rid of him and our new kicker missed three field goals. I think one, the extra point and then the other, um, just a straight up field goal. I believe this was like days ago and a lot of throwing up later, but, uh, and that's the thing. Like, I'm like, if I, if I, I didn't feel that hung over on Monday, you know, I just felt tired, but I wasn't like sick hungover. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was like, Oh, I'm in and out of that. I would just be like, wow, did I get alcohol poisoning? But I didn't, I mean, I drank a lot on Sunday, but not like alcohol poisoning a lot. Like I paced myself. Um, Anyway, we lost. And afterwards, everybody decided to go to Elbow Room. And I can't go to that bar without having some kind of incident. I don't know why. And this one, the two incidences, I stand by. Um, but so I was walking through the bar. 
Well, I went outside. My friend was in town. So I said hi to her. I said hi to all my football friends. And then I sat down with some Raider fans for a little bit. I talked my Raider shit, which is really fun um, because Raider fans are, I mean, they're like, we won three Super Bowls too. And you're like, yeah, the last Super Bowl you won was like 40 years ago, I think. I mean, it was a long ass time ago. Um, Also, and then I like to tell them like, you know, Peyton Manning got injured and we had a backup quarterback for the last few games of the season before the, you know, and we, and our team went on and won the Super Bowl. The Raiders had a similar thing and their quarterback got hurt and then they crumbled like a piece of paper. So I love, I love that. And it usually makes everyone laugh, but so I'm sitting with these Raider fans. They're really fun. One of them's like, I'm going to be around. Do you want a drink? He buys me a drink. It's important for the story for later. Cause there still really are men like this out in the world, which is fucking mind blowing. Um, so he brings me the drink. I sit with them for another, like, I don't know, like another 15 minutes, a lot of time. I don't have time to, like, drink some of my drink, but not just be like, thanks for the drink. Bye. Right? But whatever. So I, I sit with them for a little bit, and then I'm like, I'm going to go back inside with my friends. And as I'm walking by, somebody yells Raiders at me, and I turn around, and there's four, like, older white dudes in the corner. And or older probably in their 50s, 40s, 50s, right? I guess I'm in the older category now. Jesus. Um, but they're over there, and I'm like... I walk over and I do my whole spiel and then I'm like, you guys aren't even wearing Raider gear. And they were like, oh, we're all from Mississippi. We're not really Raider fans. We just, so they basically were just talking shit to talk shit. And I was like, oh, okay. And then two of them were like, and they were kind of fun at first. And they were like, two of them were like, we're cops. And I went, yuck. And they went, what's wrong with being cops? And then I whispered, so we don't like black people at this table. <laughs> Trying to, I mean, I was kidding. I wasn't kidding, but I was right. And one of them laughed. And then the other two, the two cops got very mad. And two of them were like kind of on my side. But let, let's also say that they high fived over being the dumbest state in the country, like statistically, like they were like, we're from Mississippi, which is the dumbest state in the country. And then they high fived. And I was like, oh, I thought like statistically it was Kentucky, actually. And they were like, no, it's Mississippi. And then they high fived again. And I was like, what a weird thing to high five about being dumb. You would think you would want to. And then uh, I think trans came up and I shut that down. And one was still kind of having a good time. And then one got real serious. Like he was going to like backhand me mad. Right. He goes, you need to leave our table now. And I was like, dude, you brought me over here. I didn't come over here on my own. You asked me to come over here. He's like, now I'm asking you to leave. And I was like, is it because I called you racist? And he's like, get out. (laughs) And so I did. And then seconds later, they got up very angrily and left the bar. And I know that I like to make business for my friend who owns that bar. But also I like to make proud boys mad. And that felt good. So I went back over, I told my story to my friends and then, I don't know, like after the, then I, you know, I hung out some more with other people and then I was sitting with the 27 year old who I later took home. We were sitting there having a drink and then the Raider fan who bought me a drink came over and was like furious. I was talking to another guy and I was like, what is happening? And he was like, he's like, I bought you a fucking drink. And I was like, yeah. And I said, thank you. You offered. I said, thank you. Like, what did you, and he was like, well, I bought you a drink and now you're talking to this fucking guy. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot you bought me a drink. Do you want your blow job now or later? Like, I know I'm, I have to like blow you or something now. Right. Cause you bought me a drink. He's like, that's not what I fucking meant. I'm like, what did you mean then? And then he got mad and he left too, 
whoopsie. But also, like, calm down. You know what I mean? And then I brought home the 27-year-old was like, I could walk you home. And I was like, it's kind of a walk. And I'm like, I'm going to take an Uber. You can just come back with me. And he was like, okay. And then we talked for like eight hours. And then we didn't have sex because apparently this generation does not really use condoms. And this isn't the first time I have heard this. Uh, but he was like, no, not really. He's like, nobody I know really does. And I was like, oh, I do. So... And he's like, well, I always, this is, and I, I'm not going to say his name. And also he doesn't have a social media or we don't follow each other's social media. We've exchanged like four texts. So I, I, now I'm all conscientious because I found out, I'll, sidebar, uh, remember the guy I went on a date with a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or so with the guy, the long hugger, the bored racist? Um, he's blocked me on all social media. <laughs> so likely he heard this, um, which is so weird. I would never take the time to listen to, I don't listen to my friend's podcast, let alone somebody who fucking I went on a date with, like listen to their podcast. It's so weird. It's so time consuming. But yeah, he blocked me. So now I'm worried this 27 year old, but I'm not using his name or where any, anything about him. Right. Whatever. And uh, I don't really care that that guy blocked me. I just, I mean, I was fine not being in each other's lives ever again. I was fine with just that level of well, this didn't work out, but I'll still follow you on Instagram. That's how little I care, but I guess he cared more. Um, but so the 27-year-old was like, yeah, I used to use condoms all the time. He's like, I actually was like really a big advocate of them. And he's like, and then I got an STD anyway. And I was like, wait, do you have an STD now? He does not. He was treated. This was like eight months ago. But he's like, yeah. And then he told me this story. He said the girl... They, he was dating some girl and then they went and got tested and then they both came back clean and then he got gonorrhea and then she went and got tested and she got gonorrhea and then she was like yeah I talked to the clinic and they said they actually lost my results so they just told me it was clean or like some weird bullshit story and I laughed really hard and he goes what you don't believe her and I was like that just doesn't happen if they lost her information or it was mixed up, they would just make her retest. That's extremely dangerous. Like if she had something like, thankfully it was just gonorrhea, but like, but then I, I don't know. I have this theory that these, this generation didn't live through the AIDS crisis, like wasn't around in the eighties while, you know, this massive where, you know, where it was like, yeah, wear a condom. This, you know, STDs can kill you. Because now this generation, because my generation and the one before me wore condoms. I don't know. He just wouldn't. So we didn't have sex because I don't do that. Uh, and he was like, I'm not going to not gonna get you pregnant. I'm like, yeah, I also don't want anything you might have. And he's like, yeah, but I'm, I get tested. He was very sweet, though. He wasn't like, this was like later. He wasn't like persistent after I said no. He wasn't like, well, let me give you the reasons why. He was very, very sweet. But I think this generation is like, yeah, it'll be fine. And... I don't, I don't know. Thoughts, opinions on that? Is that just my, so wild, so wild. Uh, but it was fun. But then I got really sick. So I don't know what this is about, but I still feel really like nauseous and, and, you know, weak, but maybe that's just from like days of not being able to really eat much. I don't know. But football Sunday, like every football Sunday, I don't know, this year I have the goal of not having an eventful football Sunday. How many times can I say football Sunday? Uh, 
having an eventful one every single week. Like just there's some weeks that you can just like not have a day, you know, that's for myself, but it is a fun time of year and I am excited to see all of my, my, my football friends back. Um, yeah. So the board racist blocked me, which I don't know. I, I got a kind of a chuckle on it. How did I find that out? I think there was something that I was ran, came across that he was in and I also wanted to see who else, like I hit the tag, like who else was in it. And then I saw that his tag didn't come up and I was like, that's weird. So then I went to my follow follow and he wasn't there. And then I went to Henry and Lucy's account and I found it. And I was like, oh, that guy just blocked me. All right. I don't know. I get blocked and unfollowed all the time. And I will never, I don't, I don't know. I've thought about this a lot recently, especially after like walking the four proud boys from the bar in Hollywood the other day. Also, where are you? Like, what are you doing? You came to Hollywood. This is like the Mecca of fucking, you know, progressive people. Maybe not the Mecca, but like this, like we're all like pretty gay and not, you know, like we're all not straight white men. Um, and the ones that are here, they're pretty pro all the, you know, just so like, why would you come to Hollywood and like spout off your BS? God, cops are awful. I have yet to have or hear of a good experience, have a good experience. It's just it's um, when I hung out with the frat boys a couple of weeks ago that I used to live with, with the ones I went to the Magic Castle with, they were talking about a guy that we used to go to school with who became a cop and one of them goes yeah he lives in he lives in LA and he goes yeah we we hung out you know a few years back and he just he's just like really racist now so we didn't hang out again because I didn't want to be around that and I was like I don't want to sound like a stereotype that I'm like but yeah he's a cop it's that whole system is based like watch documentaries on the Jim Crow laws like that's where cops came from um but that guy the the racist cop he in college uh we were out this is such a fucked up story my friend and I were at a party and we were drinking 40s and we ju everybody jumped in this pool uh all the all the dudes jumped in the pool um either naked or in their underwear and my friend and I thought it would be funny to just cuz they were expecting us to take our clothes off too like come on kim come on jennifer get in the pool get in the pool and i think they thought we were going to like take off our clothes and jump in the pool instead we decided to just jump in the pool fully clothed and it was funny and they were all very disappointed, but it was really funny and unexpected. But then we had to go back to the, the whoever's was throwing the party's apartment. This is a really fucked up story. Um, I don't know why I'm making light of it because it, you know, I mean, this it's sad, but this shit just happened back, you know, before the no one, you know, not before the Me Too, but I, and I know it still happens. But so we, Jennifer and I were, um, they put down like two towels on the ground. So she and I just stood on the towels and we were drunk. We had our forties. We were drunk and we were, we were very funny girls. We were making the room laugh, you know, doing like, and we were making each other laugh. Maybe in the, maybe in my memory, everyone's laughing, but it might just be that she and I were making each other laugh on this towel. Um, so we wouldn't get the floor all wet. I don't know why we didn't just like go in the bathroom, dry off. Somebody gives us some shorts, but that was, this was like 20 years ago. So who knows? And so we finished our 40s and we only had the 140, but we were both very little. And so I got, before I got really, so I, me and the cop, he's not a cop yet, but I'm not using his name mostly because I'm not 100% sure what it is. But uh, me and the cop 
walk out where we start walking around this apartment complex and he kisses me and it's okay. And he is handsome and it's okay. But then we keep walking and I'm really drunk. Right. And I'm getting like increasingly drunk and I'm not drinking anymore. And so I didn't find out until later why I was getting, I, I got so fucked up, but we're walking through this, like this playground and the cop goes, cop isn't be next to me anymore. And I don't notice, but then I hear him go, Hey, and I turn and I look to my left and he's gone. And then I turn around and he's standing behind me under a spotlight, like under a street lamp with his pants around his ankles, just showing me his penis. And I just stared at it. And he was a really, really, really tall guy. I'm talking like six eleven, like insanely tall, like, like I, I know six, seven guys. He was tall, like so tall. Um, and maybe six, eight, I don't know if six eleven is right, but he was, uh, he was close to seven feet, right? Very tall. So his penis wasn't huge. Cause it was also like not erect. It was just there. And he would just stared at me and he was like, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know what his, what his end game was. If he thought I was going to like, Oh my God, can I get on my knees? I guess I wouldn't have to get on my knees. He was very tall, but, uh, you know what? I don't know what the end game was, but I think I just kind of laughed and like giggled it off and turned around. And I kept walking. So he pulled up his pants and started walking with me. And then we were sitting and he kisses me again. And then I cannot stop vomiting. Like I just start vomiting. And then he takes me to his car. Um, Jennifer was somewhere else getting equally as sick. Uh, and then he takes me home and I just remember laying in that back seat being, and we were with other people. It wasn't just him and I, so nothing else happened, but, um, I, I mean, I was so like, I had to be like carried into my bedroom. And I, I remember being so sick and being like, we just had that 140. And apparently I found out later, not, you know, maybe a week later, uh, one of the guys was like, oh yeah, uh, we poured, we, we filled up your 40 with vodka. Like we mixed it with more 40 and more vodka. Cause we thought, we thought if you two got drunker, you would make out and no, you idiots. It just got us both really sick. Like what made me think of that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, how cops are all bad. Uh, and of course that guy became a cop. Of course he did. But, um, but yeah, so don't do that to people. Don't, Put things in people's drinks if they don't ask you to do it. I don't know why that needs to be said, but even if it was something as like harmless as we were just hoping these two chicks would make out, it still made both of us extremely sick. Um, yeah, that wasn't even in my notes to talk about today, but I did walk for Proud Boys, and I'm proud of that because I there are very few people that are more fun to piss off than you know racist people <laughs> like just racist terrible transphobic homophobic all the people just like we talked for five minutes and in five minutes they were able to get off a couple of slurs where it's just like what the fuck is wrong with you but i guess they did high five about being from the dumbest place in the country i i haven't looked that up to see if that statistic was real but they seemed pretty confident but they also knew they also proudly told me how dumb they were so they could have been wrong um so I started a new inhaler. I started a new inhaler. Uh, um, I cannot tell you. I have this new doctor. Um, she's been my doctor for about two-ish years. Um, so she's not new, but no, not two. Maybe the last year she's been my doctor. So I've had a lot of, a bunch of, you know, when I had, when I, when I was 
trying to figure out what was wrong with COVID stuff. I went through like 15 doctors where just no one believed me from ERs to urgent cares to this doctor to that doctor where it was just like we don't see any physical evidence. So it's wrong. You're wrong. Or this 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 virus is so new, you could be right, but there's nothing we can do about it, right? And as I'm, I'm reading all over the country or all over the world, a lot of long-haul COVID people are really getting help. And I'm just like, why in the fuck can I get help? I know. And it gets to the point where you kind of gaslight yourself, right? Like where you're like, well, maybe they are right. Maybe it is anxiety. Maybe I am just making this up. And I'm like, no, I know how I breathed before this whole ordeal. And I know how I breathe now. And it's, it's night and day and it's awful. And so I went in for um, my EKG because I started taking Adderall. And if you if you take a stimulant, I guess it, law within a, a year, you have to have an EKG just to make sure your heart is fine. Um, and uh, oh yeah, I'm shouting again. So I got the EKG and then, uh, so she was like, well, why don't we go through all your medications just to make sure it's all up to speed? Cause I told the doctor like nine years ago, I got kind of sick off of codeine. Now, every time they prescribe anything, they go, well, it says here you're allergic to codeine. And I'm like, once again, I'm not allergic to codeine. I've had it since I've had it. Be I had it before. I just got kind of sick that one time. So we went through the whole thing. And also it looked like I had two ADHD medications cause the, the Concerta never came through. So she added Adderall, whatever. So we went through them and she goes, your, the computer keeps asking about, uh, asthma, but your test results from when you had the thing, she goes, well, I guess this was a few years ago. It said that you don't have asthma. And I was like, no. And she goes, well, I think we should put you on a different inhaler to see. Cause I was like, since the new COVID I've been having, a, you know, before the new COVID I was having a hard time breathing. And now with, after the new COVID it's worse again. So I, I don't want to get on steroids, but I do want to be okay. And she was like, well, we're going to put you on something that people with asthma have where it's going to be a daily, twice a day inhaler. You're going to take it two times a day. And let's see if that makes any difference. And I was like, okay. And I, I was just like, I really, and she goes, and if that doesn't make a difference, well, she goes, I think we need to have uh, someone look at your lungs Um like a like a CT scan. What's the one where it's the has the radiolo radiology that comes off of it that you 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 get exposed to radiation? Whatever. I think that's the CT scan. But she was like, we're gonna do that, and she's like, according to your medical records, you you haven't had a, not, a lot of radiation exposure, so we just don't like putting people through that because more radiation equals more chances of cancer, right? But she's like, I think at this point we we need to get to the bottom of it, and if you know, if the, if, if nothing shows up on that scan, then we need to get you to a specialist because this has been going on and you know, this is, this is not good and we need to figure out what's wrong. And I was like, I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you believe me. And she kind of explained not like standing up for the past doctors, but it made a lot of sense. And it was just nice to be explained why I felt so dismissed. So I thought I would pass this along for anybody who's felt, felt dismissed by a doctor. And again, it wasn't like an excuse, but it was just like, this is what doctors are trained to do. She's like, we're trained to look at the objective evidence, um, which isn't necessarily what always lines up with what the patient says. And 
our job is to get down to the bottom and find objective evidence, which it sounds like these doctors haven't done. They've just said there's no objective evidence. We're going to move on. But she's like, we can't just be like, it sounds like it might be this. So try this drug. All right. It's not that. Try this drug. She's like, we, we cannot just give you a bunch of meds and see what works because that's how lawsuits happen. That's how people get really sick. And so she's like, we're just trained to look at objective evidence. And that is probably what has been going on. And that is why we're going to send you to other specialists and see if we can get some objective evidence. And I cannot tell you how good that felt. I did ask the nurse if I had, was legal, if I had to tell them when my last period was, uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I read this thing where this, this mom took her like 15 year old daughter to a gynecologist and they asked when her period, like the last day of her first period was, or her first, the first day of her last period, which I've talked about this at nauseum. It's insane. Like you could go in there being like, I'm like you. Yeah. Like I've read the, the meme that was like, I could go into the doctor's office holding the dragon, the head of the dragon that I just slayed. And they would be more concerned when my last period, period was. And I understand that it is like there's certain things that they need to make sure we're not pregnant, but they also give us pregnancy tests when they do those things. Like I had to have some, some kind of, uh, medicine. I don't know, like, a, Oh no, no, I was going to have, uh, the shot birth control until I decided to just do the, um, the pill. Uh, they had to give me a pregnancy test cause they were not allowed to legally give it to me with, uh, you know, in case I, in, if I was pregnant, cause it would immediately, you know, kill the fetus, I guess. But so like they give you the pregnancy test anytime, but, but, and a lot of it I think is based in old patriarchy bullshit where they want to track what women are doing. Cause I asked him, I was like, why do you guys ask that? And he goes, well, we just want to make sure you're regular. I'm like, well, can I just tell you I'm regular because I am. And then I, so I read about this woman who took her daughter, her like teenage daughter, to a, her, the gynecologist and they asked that question and the daughter was like, oh, you can just put in your records that I'm extremely regular. You don't need to know any more information than that. And when I asked the nurse, he seemed to get kind of defensive. He's really great, but he like, I like this nurse. We always have a really good time together. Um, we have a good time. We laugh. He's, he's great. You know, he, this doctor nurse duo is pretty rad, but when I asked that, I was like, I just don't love answering that question. I know, like, I just don't love especially with everything going on right now with like women's health issues. I don't like having you guys be able to just ask that question and I have to answer it. And he was like, no, you can just say you're regular. I don't know. That that's, that's, that's been my, but it's nice to finally have a doctor who isn't just like, it must be anxiety. Maybe you're pregnant and you're like, I remember years ago I was having some issues. Like I, I, I was so sick. I thought I had like hyperthyroidism. Like I thought I had like a thyroid problem. I was so sick. Everything was making me sick. I was just like really lethargic, all kinds of things. Um, no one was listening, but I definitely had like 14 pregnancy tests every single time they would, they would just, they were like, you're probably pregnant. I'm like, I'm not pregnant. And then they would, I used to have a joke about this. I wish I still remembered it because I, it was, it was a wild experience because it was just like so many pregnancy tests. And then they're like, um, like, it's not what that is. It's not what that is. And then finally I got a doctor to listen to me and we did blood work. And all it was, was she goes, how much vitamin, uh, B are you taking? And I was like, Oh, someone told me to take extra because I was low energy. And she goes, yeah, you have an excess amount of vitamin B and not very much vitamin D. So cut out the vitamin D B and put in some D. Ha, there's a joke there. Uh, and then I was fine. 
but it's just it's just it's bananas to me and it, it's overwhelmingly more mostly with women um that's what most women i did not mean to have this go into a whole like um medical doc doctor talk but it's just it's wildly frustrating but it's and it goes into my adhd like this this woman this doctor was the first person like you know a person that was like not the first person but yeah, the first doctor that I was that believed something might be wrong with me mentally. The other doctors are like, remember the Winnie the Pooh guy? And so and now I have a psychiatrist that I just love. I checked in with her on Monday before the illness. I was feeling fine on when I whatever, but um I just want to make sure everyone knows I wasn't hungover for 7 days. This is something else. I think that's more for me than you guys, but uh I cannot tell you how much of a difference it makes in your life when you have doctors that are on your side and are, you know, advocates for your health along with you instead of you having to be an advocate for your own health, which is so much more common than the former. Like, it's more common that we have to be advocates for our health and fight against doctors because this doctor took one class on this one thing like 15 years ago. So they must be the expert, not me who's lived in this body for 40 years, you know? And it's just, it's so like, it brings me to tears relieving. Like I feel so fucking relieved. Um, with the ADHD, the Adderall is going well. Um, I'm still trying to like manage when I take it, how I take it, not how I take it. I can't decide if I should snort it or put it eat it uh just kidding people really do snort that like a lot more than one would think but um i've had to stop this a couple of times to breathe it's so annoying so uh the inhaler isn't working but it's also because i have a hard time i think i'm going to start setting an alarm I, I have a hard time taking meds the exact same time every day because of adhd so when she was like you have to take it twice a day i'm like fuck i'll remember the first time in the morning but i will not remember in the second time plus it's steroids and i don't know how bad i want to do that right before i'm about to go to bed um although you kind of get used to it but i think i need to rest a little after all of this uh so i uh I, there's been a little level of grief in terms of this diagnosis um, because in the last month while on Adderall, I have, my life has completely changed and it's weird to say, cause I know people take it recreationally, but my life has completely turned around and I look and I talked about this a little bit with Jeff May on Ugg Fine and I've watched some videos of, of people who talk about the regret and the grief that if they had gotten help earlier in life, where their life might have gone. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like it goes into like when I'm grieving my childhood and I'm, you know, that's an active thing as I work through recovery and um, grieving, you know, what might have been. Um, you need to grieve that in order to move forward. But it is, it is a weird thing because it, grieving it equals the perspective, you know, some perspectives would equal that I don't love who I am or love my life. And that's, I think both can exist at the same time. I can love myself and love my life and still grieve what could have been had I gotten help sooner. And I saw a video of a 60-year-old woman who, was, who had a chaotic, messy life 
And when she was 60, she got diagnosed with ADHD and then her life calmed down. And she, so I'm grateful I'm not 60. You know, I, yeah, do I wish I would have gotten it when I was a kid? Of course. Do I wish 20s, 30s? But I got it now. And the only thing I can do is grieve and be grateful that I got the help I needed now and move forward. But I am feeling a, a certain amount of grief about not getting help sooner. Um, I also, so the last episode I left off where I was about to go perform at a comedy club and open for uh, Craig Shoemaker. And I, I never got to tell you guys how that went. It went good. It went well. Um, in the last month, I've had five pretty big shows, right? Like packed uh, being paid, um, with, you know, real, like touring comics are sharing the stage with me. And I, and I've learned a few things. Um, learned one, I am funny and I knew I was funny. Um, obviously I know I'm funny, I've been doing comedy for 10 years. It'd be weird. I was talking to, uh, I was on a, um, conspiracy. You don't, you don't even like this conspiracy. I can't remember what it's called, but the one on, uh, you don't even like this network with Adam Todd Brown. Just now we just recorded one and, uh, it's going to be a good episode. It's uh, about the JFK assassination. So look out for that one. Um, it's probably the only theory that makes real sense as to what happened. But, um, we're talking about that, like comics who, who are doing it five years and they're like, well, I'm not sure I'm funny. And you're like, why are you still, why did you waste five years of your life? You know, like, I know I'm funny, but I mean, I, in some of the shows out of the, the five shows that I'm talking about, um, I crushed, like I, I crushed. And then the others, I did my job. You know, I didn't like murder the room, but I also made them laugh and I earned my paycheck. Right. And so I learned that, that I'm, I'm a funny, you know, I, I'm, I belong there. Um, it does take comics, I believe, a while to, to really, I belong here. Um, but I also have learned a lot about selling merch, what kind of headliners I want to work with, what kind of, you know, what kind of headliner I want to be, what kind of producers I want to work with. And I'm not going to get it. I mean, the show was fine. It was great. Uh, I only did 10 minutes. Um, there were two other women that did 10 minutes as well. Uh, both very lovely, very funny. One is Tommy Lee's wife, which is random. And then the other is this very funny, uh, Ksenia, you should look her up. She's, uh, she's, she sings, she's Russian and she has a song called not all Russians are spies. And it is hilarious. So look her up. Um, and you know, Craig did, Craig did like an hour and a half plus and I didn't stay to the end cause I was really tired and I had another, you know, half hour, 45 minute drive home. But there was, you know, there was a lot of stuff that, that I, I like, and I'm using my words carefully cause I don't, I'm not, I don't want to, no one specifically in these last five shows was like, I never want to work with that person again, like nothing dramatic, but just who I want to work with in my career. What, you know, like I thought that this was going to be like the making of my, like my next big career, you know, break. And it wasn't. And, and, and it wasn't, and it wasn't not in a bad way, but it made me realize like, I don't have to work myself up before every big show thinking it's going to be the next big thing, because likely the next big thing is going to be some mundane, you know, interaction somewhere that I don't even think about. Like it's not going to be, and who knows, it could be anything, but I, I, I thought, 
um, oof, I thought I made this into this big deal and really I just went up and performed and I did my job and it was funny and that was it. And it, and, and I, you know, I've learned a lot on who I want to work with, what, what, and another weird, another interesting thing I learned, um, so years ago, Ken Gar and I, you know, we, we went on, you know, we'd go to a bunch of shows, we'd work, do a bunch of mics together and we were on a lot of shows together and he would give me this note over and over again. And it, it wasn't, per, it wasn't like important for these littler shows. I, I always get up and I do a little riffing on everything else, right? On, you know, what the other comics talked about, or I talked to this audience member and Ken's like, well, in professional shows, you have this amount of time and, you know, getting up there and like kind of him hawing for a little basic, just getting your fucking bits. So on that night, the, the night I opened for Craig Shoemaker, the, the first woman who went out, there was, there was just some timing stuff and, um, no one, they were giving the light from behind the stage. And so people were missing it. So everyone was going over their time. I was told by the MC, I was the only one that acknowledged and got off on time, which is again, it's, I learned a lot. Like I'm learning a lot. Like I am professional. I do belong here. I am, you know, but people couldn't see the light, which I understand. I was worried. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to see that light. Cause it's, you know, behind me, but, but I got on stage and I didn't take a minute to like talk about the other girls set or like do any of that stuff. I just went right into my joke. And within 15 seconds I had them, you know, and that that's like, I had, I got the laugh and, um, and I'm starting to not feel well. Fuck me. This whole thing. What the hell is it? Is it a bug? Because food poisoning usually is like 24 hours, but I am feeling not well. Uh, so, yeah. I, and, and, but it's interesting because this has been happening to me a lot in the last interactions with many things. Like I started working at the restaurant in Highland Park and I was only there for two months and was like, this is a hundred percent not for me. I don't get spoken to this way. I don't, I'm too talented to be working in this toxic of an environment. And I quit. And, you know, I went out with the board racist and 12 hours later I unpacked it all and was like, I don't date people that I feel, you know, confused and uncomfortable about afterwards. Like I don't, and then, you know, I had a couple of these shows and again, not to point out anybody's not Craig, it's not anybody who did any of the other stuff. It's just stuff that I've noticed about what I would like to be around and what, you know, what I don't want to be around. And I was, I called Ken, who's a, a you know, dear friend of mine. And I'm so grateful for that, you know, cause we did have a year or two where we had, you know, we took some distance and I'm so grateful we're back. And I called him to unpack all of this. And he said, welcome to the other side. And he's like, this is all of the, and it's so all of the work you've been doing over the last, you know, five years on yourself, all of that work is finally paying off where you don't have to explain yourself. You don't, you don't give people 700 chances. I mean, there was a time there I would have gone out with that board racist or been devastated that he blocked me, that he didn't want to go out with me again, even though I didn't like him either. Or I would have stayed in that Highland Park restaurant for five years because I didn't think I deserved any better. Or I would have taken gigs when I, and I, you know, I, that I have thought, you know, last time I felt bad when I did that, I'm not going to do it again. And I'm too talented. Like I'm good enough to say no to things that I don't want to do. And Ken, like, I love that. Welcome to the other side. You, 
and, and, and the decision making is happening so much quicker. Like I'm like so much more like I don't have to ask 14 people if this gut feeling of mine is correct. I did make one outreach call um, and it was like, yeah, you are spot on. It is a hundred, you know, and it, it's, and that is my one lucky broad this week is that I am one lucky broad that I'm on the other side and it's clunky still. And I'm still, you know, learning to be this confident in my decisions on how I'm being treated, but it's nice to be here. Um, and it's, it, it's worth all the work and it's so great to see. It's like when you, you work really hard, you have these pants that you used to not be able to fit in, but you were able to fit in. And then I, I don't know, I have these shorts that I really loved and then I, I couldn't fit in them. And then I did a lot of, you know, exercise and, and I don't like bringing weight into it, but, um, we all know what we feel like in our own bodies and I wasn't feeling comfortable in my own body. And, but then I had, and then I put on the shorts and they fit the way they used to fit. And I, it was like real tangible evidence that my hard work was paying off. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, when I say the weight thing, I believe we all feel a certain way in our own skin, not because of what society says, what, you know, like, and within reason, I know some, you know, some people have a distorted view of their body and that's, that's awful. And I, I wish I could, I wish that wasn't the case because everyone should be able to feel comfortable in their skin. Um, we, I hate that we live in a world that we've made a lot of people not feel that way, but I just, that's my only like, like example I can give that I can think of like, but so it's like, I have real tangible evidence now that all of my hard work has paid off that now I just say no to things that I, that don't make me feel good, that I, I leave things that don't make, and welcome to the other side. I'm one lucky broad that I'm on the other side and still clunky, man, still clunky. But, um, I have a feeling with time as it's shown recently, it just keeps getting easier and easier to just go, no, thanks. Or be like, that didn't sit well with me. I'm going to talk to a trusted fellow and work it out. And then I do. And then I'm like, oh, my gut was uh, a spot on. So I'm one lucky broad that it's, 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 uh, everything's coming up Raj. Um, that's, you know, Roger, I think I've already told you this. So Roger, uh, Ro you know, Roger, poop scoop, Roger, poop scoop, Roger. Uh, I'm going to, that, that'd be a fun segment. I wonder if he'd be into that. Uh, he, at the beginning of the pandemic, he, just like a lot of stuff were lining up for him and he said, everything's coming up Raj. And so I now, every time something's cool is happening to me, I say, everything's coming up Raj. And then I told him that he goes, you sound dumb. No one knows who Raj is. I'm like, well, that's the point. It's an inside joke for me. I don't care if other people are like, who's Raj. Uh, but I got somebody else's poop scoop friends. Are we ready for this? I'm really excited. Okay. Hi, Kim. <laughs> I'm just going to read it verbatim. I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet. And just a friendly reminder, if you want to send me your poop scoops, they make me very happy. Send them to kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. Sorry for the heavy breathing this episode. I don't know what the fuck. I've been, I'm a mess this week. Uh, uh, send it to kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. They can be anonymous. They can, you can proudly tell me your name. If it doesn't indicate either way, I'll just keep it anonymous just to keep it on the safe side. But here we go. Oh, and I read it live. Like I read it like right here for the first time. Cause I like reacting authentically for you to the poop story. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, Kim. Oh, I feel like I'm okay. Hi, Kim. I'm so fucking glad I discovered Crawlspace via Ugg Fine. 
Thank you. I love that. Absolutely love the show. And it's definitely a highlight of my weekly podcast slate. Oh, thank you. I love that. I'm not sure if this story counts as a poop scoop and it's a third hand story, but it has made me laugh every time I think about it. My friend, I'm sure it does. Even if it's a third hand story, I love them all. And I'm sure if you're laughing and it has poop in it, it's a poop scoop. Okay. This happened to my bu a buddy of mine. Let's call him Brad when he was in college and living in the dorms. His roommate, or his dorm mate Frank, had a friend Greg over who was what was described to me dysfunctionally high. Dysfunctionally? Not functionally? Funny. Dysfunctionally high. The three of them were hanging out, playing video games or watching TV. When out of the blue, the stoned Greg very matter-of-factly says, oh, man, I think I shit my pants. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> That's great. It's already a poop scoop. Okay. Greg stands up to go to the communal bathroom to fix his poo problem and stops, pats his ass a few times and says, huh, I guess it was just a false alarm and then sits right back down. A few minutes later, he says, nope, not a false alarm. What? And stands back up and takes a few steps to the door and stops, passes, pats his ass again, and confusingly says, huh, I guess I didn't shit my pants, and then sits back down. Another few minutes later, pa a few, another few minutes pass, and again, he chimes in with, yep, I definitely shit my pants this time, and stands back up. But before he can start to move toward the door, Frake deadpanly says, <laughs> dude, you're sitting on the remote. <laughs> Greg was super confused, looked down on the couch, sees the TV remote where he was sitting and asked, did you guys know this was there the other times? Because that's how, that's how fucked, that's, that's hilarious. Because that's fucked if you did and just let me think I shit my pants. Oh, keep, keep being awesome. Thank you. That's a poop scoop. I love that not a, like what kind of poops does Greg have? You know what I mean? That he thinks it could have just been like, like that's a rock hard poop. And then he's like, oh man, I guess I did. That is, thank you. Thank you. That was really funny. I really appreciated that. See, so it, any, it, like it has poop. It makes us laugh. It's poop scoop, baby. Uh, send them to me, kimcrawlspace.com or kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. I am putting these together to put them on TikTok and then I'll email you all. So if you've heard your poop scoop and you're like, you never responded to tell me you read it. Well, I will. I'm just trying to get a package together and it's a busy life, I guess. Um, thank you. That was, that was amazing. That was amazing. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, that's the episode this week. Uh, thank you for your patience. I'm hopefully going to get another one recorded like tomorrow so I can get on the track with the early episode release situation. Um, that being said, if you would like to be a Patreon subscriber, you get uh, sometimes early access to the episodes working on that being more consistent. You get um, two bonus episodes, uh, one with Jeff May called Ugg Fine. That's who uh, this last poop scooper was talking about. And then we also have Do You Even Lift Up, Babe? Uh, with Maggie Mayfield. Um, so those are two Patreon exclusive podcasts. And then there's also some fun stuff I send you and it supports the podcast. So I love it if you're able. If not, I just love that you're here every week. So thank you so much. Uh, I think that is the, oh yeah. And also I'm working on, well, I've been sick for like a month, which is so annoying. Um, 
not a month, but I had COVID for a couple, whatever, but I'm, I'm working on actively. My goal is to have it to you by October 1st, uh, a, a free download of the, uh, confessions of a recovering party book girl, my book that I wrote. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you will get a free download of that. If not there, you will be able to buy it somewhere. I think just Amazon. Uh, I've looked into logistics, but sort of half-heartedly until I like have it finished. Okay, that's it. That's that's the episode. Um, I love you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up every week. And uh, stay safe. Be kind. Talk to you next week. Bye. Cross me, cross me. I don't care.